give you glory. We bless your holy name this evening. We ask that you take your rightful place in our midst. Bless your people because we came. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right. You may be seated. God bless you. Hallelujah. 1 Corinthians chapter number 9, verse number 19 to 23. 1 Corinthians chapter number 9, verses 19 through to 23. Hallelujah. For though I am free from all men, I have made myself a servant to all, that I, may, I might win the more. And to the Jews I became as a Jew, that I might win Jews. To those under the law, as under the law, that I might win those who are under the law. To those who are without law, as without law, not being without law towards God, but under law towards Christ. Hallelujah. That I might win those who are without law. To the weak I became as weak, that I might win the weak. I have become all things to all men, that I might by all means save some. Hallelujah. Now this I do for the gospel's sake, that I may be a partaker of it without you. Of it with you, sorry. Hallelujah. Let's read 22 together. Verse 22 together. Are you ready? Ready, go. Let's read it again. I want you to read it louder than you read before. Ready, go. To the weak I became as weak, that I might win the weak. I have become all things to all men, that I might by all means save some. Let's read that last line, that I might by all means save some. Ready, go. That I might by all means save some. Hallelujah. Now, Paul was writing to the uh, people of Corinth and he was saying to them his strategy that he uses to win the lost. Hallelujah. To win the lost. He said that I became all things to all men. To the weak, I became weak. To the, those who are under the law, I became as under the law. To those who are out of the law, without any law, I became as somebody who is without any law, even though I am under the law to Christ. I became as if I was an unbeliever. To the weak, I became weak. That by all means, by all means, I might save some. Hallelujah. Now, my question to Paul is, why the stress? Why are you making yourself like a chameleon? You are under the law. You are out of the law. You are strong when you meet strong people. You are weak when you meet weak people. You are a gentile when you meet gentiles. You are a Jew when you meet Jews. What is this about? What is this in aid of? And this takes me back to our scripture in Isaiah chapter 5. Let's look at it. Remind ourselves from last week. I am preaching on the topic I entitled the compelling power 
of Anakazu, the compelling power of winning the lost by any means necessary. Hallelujah. Isaiah chapter 5, verse 13 to 15, it says that, therefore my people have gone into, no, yeah, into captivity because they have no knowledge. Hallelujah. Their honorable men are famished, are famished, and they are without, and their multitude dried up with tests. Therefore, hell, the word shul there is hell. Therefore, hell has enlarged itself and opened its mouth beyond measure. Their glory and their multitude and their pomp, and he who is jubilant shall descend into it. People shall be brought down. Each man shall be humbled. Hallelujah. Now, what Isaiah was describing was what is happening in the realm of the spirit. He says that now hell, which was originally designed to carry only a certain specific few number of people, has now had to undergo renovation. To enlarge it. Because people are going to hell. You don't do enlargement and renovation unless you need more space. Am I talking to somebody? If you don't need space, you don't create space. Amen. Recently, some football teams are enlarging their stadium capacity. Those that had 30,000 have enlarged to get 65,000. Those that had 60,000 have moved to 80,000. Why do you think they are doing that? Because the football team has gone beyond what it was originally built for. They have more fans who are on the waiting list trying to get tickets to come watch football every, every weekend. Am I making sense? So they've had to increase or enlarge the capacity. Same way hell is increasing. And the, the scripture we read at the beginning, verse 13, says that it's because the noble men have gone to sleep in their ignorance. Hallelujah. We have been taught the gospel of laid-backness. The gospel of taking it easy. The gospel of just, uh, we invite you timid, we invite you shy, we invite you, you know, casually, and if you don't mind, and you don't have any other thing to do, if you don't have any other church you frequent, if you don't have anything you do, you can join us. Whereas, the world is actively, forcefully, Getting people into their whatever. If they have to use the law to introduce homosexuality, they'll go to the law. If they have to design toilets that are no longer female or male, gender neutral, they will do it. The, the world is breaking down 
every common sense into more stupidity, but the way they do it is so forceful and is so lawful and is so um, enticing that you, 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 you can't but help. You can't but accept it. Now, children are being taught that whatever you are feeling, if you are feeling like a girl, even though you are a boy, then maybe you are a girl trapped in a boy's body. So it's about time to free yourself and become a girl. If you change your mind from being a girl, you can revert back to a boy. And when you don't like any, you can remain neutral. Hallelujah. All these things is being shoved down the throats of the world and the world has had to take it. The world is, is under, under compulsion to accept it. I mean, I am not asking you to become like me if I am a straight person. If you want to be your gay person, be gay in your corner as I am whatever I am in my corner. Why are you shoving what you believe in on my throat and, and forcing me to accept it? I'm not forcing you to accept. But why are you forcing me to accept yours? I have accepted whatever I have, so I have brought my children, I've trained, I've brought my children into the world. Why have you left? You say you don't want, you want to be gay, so you don't want to produce anybody. That is fine. Why are you coming to pollute my children to become like you? Why? That is how the world is forcefully indoctrinating us. They are forcefully shoving everything they believe in into our throats. Whereas we are holding little flyers going around and if you like, come. If you want, you can join us. I don't want. The world now accepts force. They don't accept invitation. Ah, I've lost the church and I haven't even started preaching already. I've lost my church. The world wants to see everything in to know. They want it to be in your face. Hallelujah. So they allowed gay pride a whole month. Now every government building, every city center's building has to fly gay flag by force. From the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of God suffers violence and the violent the world now understands force. It is only us Christians who don't know anything about force. The Muslims understand force. They say that evangelism is too hard. So they will start from home. If you are my child, 
you have to start from the beginning memorizing the Quran. If by any chance you grow up and you want to marry somebody, the person has to convert. Otherwise, forget it. If you make a mistake and you go and take somebody who is not a Muslim, some kill their own children. I'm trying to make you understand what compelling power is. Because it's all about compelling you to believe what I believe. Hallelujah. I said to you last week that this whole thing, you should picture a house on fire. And you are the fire service officer that has been sent by the government to go and rescue the people who are in the burning building. Do you know that sometimes when the fire starts, those who are in the building don't know they are on fire. Some may be asleep. Some may be having their dinner. Some may be doing whatever they are doing and they don't feel that they need to walk out of the house because the heat is not yet on them. Am I making sense? And you who is outside who can see the roof burning, when you come and meet somebody like that, you don't have time to sit and have a conversation. Oh, if you don't mind, and you are not, you know, I'm not bothering you too much. Can you come outside? Because I believe the roof is on fire. So please, let's go. No. By law, when you go as a fire officer, when you go into a, a building that is burning, you are supposed to drag them. Evacuate everybody. It's a law. Anybody who obstructs you, you do whatever you have to do to evacuate them. Because it's an emergency. So emergency law applies. Are you, are you understand what I'm saying? If you have to drag the person by the hand, drag him to safety. Pastor, now this thing that you're saying, is it biblical? Matthew 28. From 18 downwards. Jesus came and spoke to them saying, all authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you, and lo, I am with you, even to the end of the age. Amen. Where did you see invitation in this scripture I just read? Hello? I said, where did you see invitation in this? Go back and see what he says. Verse 19. He says, go and make. You make something, whether the thing wants to be made or not. Uh, I don't know whether I'm preaching to the right congregation. You make something become whatever you want it to become. It is not the choice of the thing. 
If you want to make dinner and the ingredients don't want to become dinner, they will become dinner because you are making dinner. <laughs> Am I making sense? Hello? You want to make, you want to make chicken noodles. The chicken won't say that today I don't feel like becoming noodles. I want to become omelette. No, 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 no. You make it whatever you want it to become. Am I making sense? There's no choice in the matter. Go and make disciples of all nations. He didn't say make the people who look like you. He didn't say that go to the uh, nations that are poor. No. He says all. All means what? Oh, I didn't hear you. All means what? And make also means what? Make. Hallelujah. He didn't say go and try. Hallelujah. If you are making barbecue, what do you need? What do you need? Meat. What else? Seasoning. What else? Charcoal. Grill. And then you set the grill alight, isn't it? You put a charcoal in the grill. You fire it up. You need oil. You brush your, your grill. And then you put your meat on the grill. And the fire is out, it's on, and then you turn your meat till it's done. What have you made? Was there a choice? Did the charcoal have a choice? Did the grill have a choice? Did the meat have a choice? Did the oil have a choice? Why are we giving choices to people? Let's read our main text. Luke 14, 16 to 24. And Jesus replied, A certain man preparing a great banquet invited many guests. At the time of the banquet, he sent his servants to tell all those who had been invited, Come, for everything is now ready. But they all alike began to make excuses. The first said, I have bought a field. I can, must go and see it. Please excuse me. The other said, I have just bought five yoke of oxen. I am on my way to try them out. Please excuse me. Still another said, I have just married, so I cannot come. The servant came back and reported this to his master. Then the owner of the house became angry and ordered the servant, go quickly into the streets and alleys and bring the, in the poor and the cripple and the blind and the lame. Sir, the servant said, what you ordered us has been done, but there is still room. Then the master told his servant, go out to, to the roads, to the country lanes and compel, the word compel is the word anakazo, compel them to come in so that my house may be full. I tell you, not one of those who were invited will come and taste of my banquet. Hallelujah. Now, 
when he sent the invitation, what was the result he got? Zero. He got rejection. When he ordered them to be brought, when he ordered them to be brought, what did he get? He got a number who came, but the house was still not full. When he compelled them to come, then the house became full. But Christians today, we are defaulted to invitation mode. Let's look at the scripture. Let's go back and look at it. Let's review the story. Go back to the beginning, 16. He invited many. Can you see it? The invitation, verse 17, let's go. Let's see the results. Come, all things are ready. Quickly, go on. They all began to what? So invitation brings what? Excuses. The reason why the church of God is not growing is because the church of God is set on invitational mode. An invitational mode means people will give you excuses. How many have been given some excuses? When you are trying to invite them, they give you excuses. Yeah. I, have bought, I mean, look at the excuses. I have bought a piece of ground, so I have to go and see. You mean you didn't see it before you bought it? In any, in any case, it's, it's in the evening, because dinner is set in the evening. Banquet is usually held in the evening. Who goes to view a land, inspect a land at night? Most excuses are really very, very some way. When you analyze the excuse, you realize that it's some way. How many have received some fa- very funny excuses? Somebody say, my boiler is not working. So I can't come to church. But on Monday, when the boiler is still not working, you go to work. <laughs> Somebody say, oh, my iron just packed up. So the, the clothes that I'm trying to wear, it's not, it's a bit crumpled. Yeah, but Monday you wear clothes to go to work. Some will say, oh, you know, Sunday is my only time to do my washing. So uh, I have to do my washing. There are 24 hours in Sunday. We are asking for only two. Are you saying that the two hours are the only two hours that you can use to wash? Can you see how the excuses sound? It's like, oh, this week I had a hectic week, so I'm very tired. But as, as soon as it's 1, 1 p.m., you'll be on your way out to the shops. The same person was tired. Since as we only tired from 10 o'clock to 12 o'clock. <laughs> excuses. Oh, the pastors are not giving me excuses. You are looking at my face as if I'm the only one who receives excuses.
a lot of excuses. Most excuses don't make sense. The one said, uh, I, I, I bought five yoke of oxen, so I have to go and try them. Who buys a car before they try it? If you need Sunday morning study to pass your exam, then you have already failed. No, no, I, I kid you not. If you need Sunday morning, ex, uh, what do you call it, revision, to pass, the two hours to pass your exams. Then you have already failed, my brother. You have, you have failed. You have failed. You have failed. You have failed. You are here, you can't do this work. <laughs> you have failed. <laughs> ah, you need Sunday two hours. Because, you know, if you analyze it carefully, two hours out of 24 will not change anything. Two hours will not change, will not change your grade. Amen. I have married a wife, therefore I won't come. Yeah, some people are bold like that. <laughs> so who come? Yeah. <laughs> who come? Yeah. Yeah. I married a wife, so I won't come. So I cannot come. Then he says, okay, fair enough. If they won't come, make them come. Go and bring them. So the same God that told us to go and invite is the same Lord that is telling us that go and bring them. Go and bring them is not the same as go and invite them. The person that the householder was more angry with was the servants. Because sometimes we as servants, we change, we, we change what we are, the mandate we have been given. The mandate was go and invite. You went and invited. They didn't come. Go and bring them. What I expect thinking like a householder was that go everywhere, bring everyone. Don't go with the mind of selection. The reason why the house was not full was because the, the servants were selective in their bringing. Am I making sense? They look at people and their clothes they are wearing. They look at people who look like them and they invite, they bring them. They look like people who will, will, will fit the bill. And then it's like, oh, when this person is here, the place will be lively. They look like Christians. They look like people who have clothes on, so bring them. So they brought a sample of the people that they could have brought. And the result of this was that 
the house was still not full. Most of the time, we are servants, we are selective. That's why the church is the way it is. None of us sitting in this room, hearing the sound of my voice, including myself, will admit that we are selective. But the truth of the matter is that we are. Our natural default is to select. Is to invite people we can relate with. Are you with me? And you see that everywhere in the, in the church. Everywhere in the church. Every department, you see it. Every, it's like, if they are cooking, they like certain people who look like them or who can relate with them to put them in the kitchen. If they are playing, they like people like them to play. If they are singing, they like people like them to sing. If they are ushering, they like people like them. Why don't we have 60-year-olds ushering? Why don't we have 50-year-olds singing? You don't like my message. Now my message. Why don't we have 12, 13, 14-year-olds ushering? In fact, in your mind, if the church is full of 12, 13-year-olds, you won't want to be in the church because the church is full of children. Now, this church is a giant, is a giant youth youth high school church. You go to some other church there, there's nobody below 50. The youngest person is 53. They are the youth. They call them youth. I'm not telling you a lie. I'm telling something that happens. In fact, the church that used to be here, the youngest person was 62 or 63. The youngest person who was in the church here was 63. And he was the main person doing everything. He locks the door. He's the one who was the caretaker. He was the everything. Because the average age was mid 70s to 80s and they grew they grew from children babies in this same church till their 80s this thing that i'm telling you if we joke with it we will become like them i sat with one of them not too long ago we sat with one of them not too long long ago. And I asked him, why do you think your church has dwindled and is finished? Now what they are doing is that they take members of this church, so they put like Headingley, Burley, and uh, Kekstor together. Woodhouse 
Headingley, Bailey, and Kirkstall, they put them together as one congregation in one place. And all together put their 24. 24. So they sell the other buildings. Meanwhile, it used to be, it used to be congregation here, congregation here, congregation here, congregation here, four congregations. Now, because they've dwindled and dwindled and dwindled, they've put them all together in one and sold everything. Two of the buildings are now supermarkets. This building, if we hadn't bought it, it would have been a carpet shop. No, it's not a joke. One is a carpet shop just up the road. When we play with our faith, that is what happens. When we become so mild, he said, he said to us that, you know, the people at the time, there were choices where you go to the pub, you go to football, or you come to church. And they were all apart. So the congregation that goes to church and the people who go to football, the numbers were the same. And those who went to the pubs, the numbers were the same. That is why there are pubs at every corner. Because you just imagine a football stadium. The football stadium here sits 38,000, huh? is it? Ellen Road. I think 38,000. Either 33 or 38, one of the, them. So you just imagine 38,000. And you have, look at the number of pubs around. If every Sunday is all the pubs are full, it comes around 38,000. Look at the number of churches, church buildings around. A lot. So 38,000, 38,000, 38,000. Now, as I speak to you, the 38,000, they are now increasing the football stadiums. The pubs are still increasing. Because those who used to be in church have gone to join football or gone to join the pubs. The rest have gone home and stayed at home. But the people in the church are finished. Hallelujah. Because the compelling power is not there anymore. Am I making sense? So he said to the, the servant, I didn't ask you to go and be selective. I said, go to the highways, the, the byways. Go and bring, you see, when you look at um, the, the other verses, they go to the hedges, go to the highways, the alleys. Who do you think are in the alleys? Dodgy people. Dodgy people. Drug addicts. Prostitutes. Pickpockets. Pimps. Drug dealers. Robbers. You know, there, there used to be this pastor in Ukraine. And he says, he built the largest church in Europe. 
Sandia Deleja, and he wrote in his book that he read the scripture, going to the highways, byways, the hedges, and bring them, compel them to come. So he decided when he started his church, his main focus was the drug addicts, the prostitutes, the pimps, the armed robbers, the thieves, those who are in the alleys. Those were the ones that he decided to concentrate on. And he brought them. He brought them into the church. Before long, the, the drug dealers are the ones who are ashes. The pimps are in the choir. The prostitutes are leading praise and worship. Uh, uh, no, you get the book and read it. And they became pastors. In fact, one of the most uh, charismatic country in the whole of Europe is Ukraine. They have the largest number of Christians. Charismatic Pentecostal Christians. And they all stem from this guy. When you go down, the ministers in parliament are members of his church. And they started as drug dealers. Former armed robbers. Former prostitutes. But we will not go and bring prostitutes into this church. We will not go and even the way we will look at them when they come in. No wonder our churches are the way they are. We started talking about reasons why we need the compelling, isn't it? What did I give you? Number one was what? Sorry? The church will be empty without the compelling power. If we don't go, our church will be empty. If you don't go, your ministry will finish. I had a meeting with the chapel leaders and I was telling them this. The reason why your chapel is empty is because you are not going. You are waiting to invite people. Who has time to come and hear you talking? Nobody has time to come and hear you talking. You make them come, you make them make time for you to speak to them. I don't know whether you understand what I'm saying. You make them make time. You compel them or else your, your church will be empty. This whole church started in my living room. Just a few years ago, in my living room, with just myself, my wife, my two children, and then two others. Do you think that if we're inviting, because we had just come to this, this, we didn't know anybody in this city. The only two people we knew were part of us sitting in our room. Am I making sense? So do you think that if we're just waiting to invite people we know, by now we'll still be in the living room. Yeah. And because some have traveled, the original uh, six is now down to four. And Phoebe would have been in university. So down to three. 
So if you are waiting for invitation, you will be down to down to down to be until it's left with just you. I was telling them last week about this church that used to be in Hall School. When we went, the church had been there for over 21 years. And it's the wife, the husband, and the uh, sister-in-law. Three in the church. 21 years. You joke with this thing that I'm saying. You will see that before you realize your church has been 10 years and you're still three. If you don't grow well, this part of the world, you, people don't just go to church. You make them go. Oh, you didn't hear what I said. You know, in some places, people are looking. Once they hear music, they will come. In this part of the world, they don't hear music and walk in. The music actually irritates them. They want to call the police to come and stop the music. <laughs> Am I making sense? So you need to become somebody who compels. Otherwise, your room will stay empty. So without the compelling power, our rooms will remain empty. The church that has compelling power is growing. The church that has no compelling power is shrinking. Because people don't stay static for a long time. Do you understand what I'm saying? Pastor Sam was telling me that somebody came to church there, uh, on Sunday. And as he was talking to the person, the person said that I was the first chorister in this church. And Pastor Sam was like, you are giving me, he said, you, you are giving me, she said, I was the first chorister in this church. And she wasn't lying. She was our first singer. She was our first singer before everybody in this room came, including Pastor Sam. She was singing. Where is she? Now she says she was in town and somebody gave a flyer. When he saw the flyer, he said, this is my church. <laughs> and she looked at the person I don't know you. How are you inviting me to my church? The church that I started. So she came to come and see. And when she got there, the only people that she knew, she didn't see us. So she, said, ah, she didn't know anyone. Where is Reverend Chris? Where is Pastor Gloria? So he was, she was asking him. So they are still here. They are still members of the church. They've just gone somewhere. <laughs> it's because people don't remain static for a long time. So if we don't, before you realize, it's finishing. Am I making sense? Yeah. It is the increasing of Bringing people is what has kept the church going. Because naturally people travel, people leave, and all that. It's part of, it's not because the church is not a good church. But it's, it's, that is how life is. Am I making sense? This sister has gone through all the churches in Leeds. And she has come back. <laughs> She knew the church when there were only three people in the church. She knew the church. She was singing in the church when there were only four people. Our musicians were all under 10 years old. 
It was 10, uh, 12, 11. Yeah. Mark was 11. It was 12. Those were our musicians. And me, the chief senior, says they are sitting behind them. <laughs> yeah. They are no longer 12. Am I making sense? Then uh, Phoebe was doing the projection. And she was younger than. Yeah, she was younger than now, doing the projection at the back. When she was a member of this church. Now she's being invited to come. Number two. Sorry? Hell will continue to increase and heaven will continue to depopulate because we are not doing our job. The job we're left with is go and make them. We are not making them. So other things will make them. The drug dealers will make them. Do you know, ask yourself, how do people get into drugs? How do people get into drugs? They go to the secondary schools. They go to the starting from the secondary schools. They have children who are part of them. They plant them in the secondary school who entice their friends and give their friends free drugs. So they take free. The free is to buy them for Life. To make them customers for life. We had two. We had three boys in this church. They were part of the impact. Three of them. They were part of the impact. One wanted to be a doctor. One wanted to be a sports something. The other, I think, yeah. Caleb also, Caleb also wanted to be a doctor or something. There's Alban, Blake. There were four. Alban, Blake, Caleb, and TJ. TJ is now, he wanted to be a register. He was, he was already gone by the time. No, they've all gone to jail. Two are drug dealers. One is a drug addict. They used to be here every Friday. Their own parents were the ones that came to chase them out of the church. And now they are all say, why do they spend too much time in church? Their own parents used to come and fight in front here. Fight us for keeping the children in church. Because they wanted to learn the music and we'll keep them. So after impact, they will stay here and make noise for hours. And we liked it that way. We have, we have also finished, but instead of leaving, we'll wait for them. Make as much noise as possible. It's okay. After we'll lock the door and go home. 
their parents used to come and fight us. Obviously, they all left with their parents to the street. And their parents couldn't control them. Was in jail as we speak now. Has he gone back? He came, he came out. He was going to come to church. And he's gone back to jail. No, no, no. I'm not telling you a story. I'm telling you people that were raised from this place. That is what happens when we don't compare. I always say that one of my greatest regrets was not fighting the parents. Or if I had fought the parents and not said that, oh, it's their their children. So, no, no, it's not your children. It's God's children. I remember that grandmother who used to always come and make noise here. Blaze grandmother. Always, every Friday, she come and fight. We said, don't worry, we will drop them. You don't have any problem. They are under our charge. We have cars. After we will drop them. No. It's, after, it's past 8 o'clock. My child is not at home. I need my child. We said, okay. Take your children. And now the children are in jail. And on the streets. The other day I saw the two of them here. Opposite the church. Just by the. I don't know whether they came to sell drugs. In the park. Anytime I see them, I feel very guilty. The other day I was driving just on this belly road and I saw Caleb walking down. And he looked, I mean, this sweet young little boy, the face, it's as if he's 60 years old. And I remember him as a boy, as a little boy. But eight, nine-year-old boy. Now when you see, he looks like a hardened criminal. Was it... Uh, the, which one came to hug you? Caleb. Caleb came to hug her. Hello, hello, auntie. Hello, auntie. He came to her. I'll come, I'll come. I was telling his friend that this is my mother, this is my church. This is what happens when we become very relaxed and invitational mode. And we don't, want, we don't compel people. If we had fought the parents and kept the children, today they would have ended up somewhere. The ones that we fought and kept became something. The ones that we left, the ones we fought, they became something. The ones we left, they are, God knows where they are. That's why we have to fight to keep everybody. Especially the younger ones. Don't let their parents, their parents scare you off. You are also their parents. Their parents don't know what they are doing. I remember, uh, what do you call it? Uh, the one that stays around the corner, the mother. She was on her third or fourth boyfriend. And was rather fighting us. There was no structure in the house. Say, leave the boy. I will take charge of this boy. And look at no, 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 no. Hell 
is becoming bigger and bigger and bigger because we are failing in our duty. Uh, am I making sense? We are failing. We are failing to fight some parents to rescue their children. Some, some of the parents say that me, I can't come. But if you want to come and take my children, you are free. Yes, go and grab them. You are saving a life. Uh, am I making sense? Uh, that's what I was saying to uh, uh, Joel. That get to the schools. Go there. Plant your own people there. Go and do uh, assemblies. And go and grab them. The drug dealers are already in the schools. Whilst we are sitting there waiting for them to come. They will not come. The children have started, you know, they start, they, they start by somebody who buy them, uh, what do you call it, Lucozade and uh, Red Bull and all like few things that go and sell in school. That's how the drug dealers start with the children. So the children, the guys in secondary school, tell me, do you have friends who sell Lucozade and things? They buy and sell, Luc that is how, those drug dealers, that's how they start. Yeah, those are, th those are the, that, the, the, the three, the two of them on the left side. And the big one at the back. Yeah. One of them is gay now. This, these guys used to be in the church every Friday. I won't point, but one of them is gay. Two of them are in jail. One has been in and out at the point they, they took him to Jamaica because <laughs> they couldn't handle him here. I'm not telling a story. I'm telling something that's happened here. Those are the people. Today, if you see them, you won't recognize them because they don't look as innocent and as sweet as they look. If we play with them, hell will take them. Uh, am I making sense? Oh, the room has gone quiet. Uh, is the message sinking in? I think it's a good picture. Keep it there. The ones we fought and were able to save have become something. The ones who couldn't save. And you know why they couldn't save them. I remember two of these people, their parents will always fight with, with us because they have to go football or swimming. Two of them. Their parents will always fight us. Can't come to church because they have to take their children to go and do swimming. As if swimming cannot be done after 12 o'clock. See, the only time they have is 10 o'clock to go swimming. Today, one of them is gay. These guys did a magazine. They went interviewing the richest people and then like the famous people. They used to wrote a whole magazine. 
They went to interview the owner of Agbas and gave them audience, sat with them, gave them free food. They interview. One of them now is a, what do you call those people? Those people who black. Yeah, one of them is now a gothic person. The mother also fought us. Fought us. Now she's a satanist. I'm not telling you a joke. Yeah, now she's a satanist. When you see her, you'll be afraid of her. But she used to be here. Very clever girl. Very, very clever girl. Same age as Phoebe, right? What's the same age as you? This guy, the guy, the white guy there, he used to be in uh, Neighbors. Is it, no, what is the one? Coronation Street. They came to shoot uh, one of their series here, just across. And the children went and captured him and interviewed him. And they took this picture. They were very aggressive children, these guys. They do, do evangelism like nobody, this, this, this group. And they had a wild pastor. But we couldn't hold on to them. So the drug dealers got them. You know, the children, they sell lucozade, biscuits, chocolate, and everything. That, those the drug dealers buy them for, it, for them. Teach them how to sell. Because as you are selling, then they start adding weed. Then gradually they start adding things. Then they stop selling the lucozade and all those things. Do you have people who sell lucozade? Sorry? In your class? They are the drug dealers. They are being trained. The, those people become the drug dealers. Ask yourself, how do they get the money to buy the lucozade to go and sell in the, in the class? Every class from year seven, you have some there. As we are refusing to go to the secondary schools because we are waiting for them to get to university before we go there, the drug dealers are already there. Let's close. The way <laughs> now the whole thing has become some way. Listen, if you refuse to go, others will go. And when they go, they will kill these ones. <laughs> 